everyone. Welcome to Pixelated Perfect. Today I have with me Coltar. I'm super excited to chat with him a little bit about his design career. He is currently based in the UK. Um, he is a design lead and a mentor. He's been designing for over 18 years. He currently is working at Williams Commerce, which I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about. Um, and he's also a mentor on ADP List. So thank you so much, Goltar, for joining us. Thanks for reaching out and thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. So super excited. So let's dive right in. Um, can you tell me when design came into your life? Geez, um, as far back as I can remember, in all honesty. So um, I studied design I, I remember early early secondary school um well actually even before that even in primary school um just enjoying sketching and drawing um through academic studying secondary school um I remember taking up all the you know the art classes graphic classes anything that was creative you know woodworking technical drawing and just realizing that I enjoyed that. And um, as you progress through academic studies, they try to get you to put yourself in a box and choose what you want to specialize in. And I never really wanted to pick one box. I never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew I liked being creative. So I remember around about the A-level marks, uh, A-level time when um, I picked graphic design so um I, I specialized in graphic design and it just so happens my other studies around that time were psychology you know um the way uh -huh. the brain works and sciences specifically biology the human body so it all in all all that kind of stuff still gets used to this day the way with the way you know user-centered design and how people behave how the mind behaves, how we use technology, it all it all falls back into patterns and studies that um, relate back to design. And this is going back into the, geez, the early 90s now. So um, so around about then is when I knew this is what I kind of, in, I enjoyed. Yes. Um, I progressed that through to uh, university. So studied foundation, studied multimedia design. Back then it was very much CD-ROMs and flash sites. Yes. So figuring out how that works, how the timeline works and tweening works and um, making things engaging and interactive. Further, I furthered them studies into a master's in design. So I went on to study a master's in design and manufacturing. And straight out of the pan, as soon as I graduated from that, I went into my first job, which was basically a, a, a startup in the local city centre doing um, graphic design work and very, very early stages of like HTML building. Wow. And that's where and that's where I kind of learned everything that I've learned for the past five years needs to be thrown out the window and I need to start again because right. <laughs> it, it, it very much is not... Um, reflective of what is actually happening in the industry or you might get a, a job come in or that is something that you've not studied for or it's not part of that remit so you have to learn on the job so very right. very early doors I had to kind of adapt and go with the flow yeah yeah no that's great um so question 
What, what made you decide to get your master's in design? Um, I know you said design and manufacturing, cause I know mm. a lot of designers, usually they're like, oh, I don't need a master's or like they just jump straight into work. So what was that like yeah. reasoning for you there? Good question. Um, it's going back a few years now. So yeah. I remember at that time, everyone was graduating. Everyone was, uh, you know, sick of studying, sick of exams. Mm -hmm. um, I got offered an, a conditional offer from the university that I was on. Um, it was too good an offer to refuse. So regardless of what grade I got, I had a place in this master's course. Wow. Okay. So, um, so I just said, yeah, what's one more year? Right. Yeah, for sure. I, I, mm. I was just curious because that's interesting. So, so you you graduated after your master's, you got your first job in the startup, and you also said so you were doing like graphic design and HTML. So, was that your first time um, kind of dealing with HTML, or was that something you had already been studying and you felt like you had knowledge of? No, the, so I see so many articles nowadays. Which should designers know code, and and should they not, and all that web flow and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. for me, for me. It happened by chance and by accident. Um, I was on my university course and I just happened to be in um, a HTML class, which was, you know, as a designer, everything's visual, everything's how does it make you feel? And all of a sudden you enter the matrix and it's just, hash, <laughs> right. you know, hashtags and codes and open uh, variables and, and symbol. And you just think, whoa, what is all of this? But so I, I stuck it out. I got to learn the fundamentals of what was XHTML and CSS, yeah. which at the time was like, you know, fine. I don't need it to do my job, but it's handy to have. Right. But what I learned was that was a blessing in disguise because throughout my career, especially my early, uh, early, early years, I would design stuff and hand over to a developer. And it was very much a, over the fence job here you go here's what I designed and they would go away and build it mm -hmm. and as HTML and developing became more and more difficult you know responsive design different outputs mobile phones different desktops and laptops resolutions that job I have a, a massive appreciation for but I didn't have the skills to communicate this is what I was after or this is what I wanted so yeah. Um, it just so happened that I knew code. So instead of getting frustrated, I would jump in and help out or even build things myself. So right. if I wasn't, if I wasn't comfortable handing this over to someone, I would design a website, I would build it then. I mean, I think that's a great skill to have. And I think it is like a hot topic because there is all these no codes and they're like, designers don't need to know code. And the working so closely now to try to build a better relationship with designers and developers. Um, yes, and I, yes. I actually personally don't know code and I feel like that's definitely been lacking in my career as a designer, because I think if I did know code, I would be able to not only maybe do a, some tweaks, but also be able to understand what I was, how I was designing and designing it in a way that would make sense yeah. to hand yeah. off. Yeah. So, um, so part of my mentoring and what one line I, always hear myself say to a lot of people that I'm talking to is to become a great designer to become really really good at what you do it's not just what you do in the design it's what you do outside of the design and I wish someone told me that right at the start of my career because I spent so much time thinking in uh, you know you know honing my craft and thinking I'm the best at what I do this is the best design but everything you do 
to become a great designer happens outside of that design. And what I mean by that is how you communicate with others, how you explain to others and stakeholders what you've done and what decisions you've carved in and what data informs your design. Because at that time, it was very much, here's my design, here you go, I'm not going to explain what I've done. Explaining right. what you've done and and a strategy that you've taken and the decisions that you've done is very much a skill. And most designers, you know, are either introverts or kind of like they they fail at that kind of aspect or they um, they don't know the, how design fits into the bigger picture mm -hmm. or um, the business of design. And that's something that I wish I learned very, very early on. Because so the more I learned about that, the more that made me a better designer because I knew what I was doing, how it fit into the bigger picture, uh, right. and more more importantly, how it was going to drive a return on investment. I love that you said that. I actually um, had a podcast where I was talking to someone about this in more detail too. And I think it's it's interesting. It's, it's like you were like you were honing in on your craft as a designer. Like that's what you thought was most important. But most designers and users don't realize that really like the value, the big value they can provide is communication and understanding the business of the company. Yeah. Um, and that's so interesting. That's not something that like, it's like you usually learn it, you get thrown into it and it's something that yes. you pick up and realize. And so it's, it's definitely a tough one. And yeah. it's, also, it's also part of that is also um, listening to others, getting feedback, knowing what feedback to action and 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 all of that stuff everything outside of the design and um it's just as important as honing your craft and your skills yes so what do you tell um these designers that you're mentoring how do you suggest that they can gain these skills or what should they be working on to improve some of this it depends on the actual person and where they're at their their level of confidence their level of knowledge um something that we were doing was um getting them to shadow some of the more senior and experienced people to get a feel of not just how they sell the design um some of the terminology they use and how they navigate around certain scenarios uh, especially when the um someone's asking questions and they don't know the answers to or um and just to be a bit more um you know, professional about things. That's mm -hmm. that's a good way to get them, you know, uh, in, um, involved in that kind of scenario, get, giving them a chance to see firsthand and then slowly getting them to practice internally, getting them to um, practice presenting to, to other team members to build up that confidence and then edging them more and more towards being client-facing. Yeah, that's great advice. So in this first, um, in your first job as the the graphic designer and kind of working on web designs, what what was kind of, I guess, what was next from there? How what skills did you learn and where did it take you from there? Okay, so <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think now because it was a, a while ago. So so in my first kind of startup, it was very rough and ready. It was mm -hmm. this is the job, go and do it, and this is and it varied from designing uh for print for like other local businesses in the area designing yep. websites um you know designing dashboards and all kind of other uh stuff that was around at the time 
and at that point when I knew I was ready for the next step up um I I've worked uh, uh for an a, a wide variety of businesses so throughout my career from that startup I I've kind of journeyed on to in-house so working for really really large corporations being an in-house designer then working for agencies working for um startups working freelance so i kind of know the difference as a designer being uh, the difference between being in-house and being at an agency right. and the different challenges that come with that and the different opportunities that come with that and the different mindsets that you need to kind of switch between between those as well totally do you have um a particular industry or a particular in-house freelance startup world that you prefer to work in as a designer? No, I don't. I, I I like it when the job is varied, so you don't get stuck doing the same job. But also, each different scenario will, each different ex- experience will teach you something different. And that's why I really appreciate about my journey, just thinking back, because I whether it was good or bad, I learned something, right? right? Um, but personally, I prefer being agency side because I like the variety um, and just the different things that come with that. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the same, but I feel like, I feel like when you're in the, the agency world, it's like you get to talk to so many different people. You get to learn so many different things. You get to work on yeah. so many different projects. Yeah. Um, you get you get exposed you get exposed to a lot more different worlds and and you get to deep dive into them and things that you wouldn't normally encounter if you were 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 to do so in house but then in house you have the advantage of starting a project releasing it and seeing it through and then evolving it and developing a brand and doing multiple iterations whilst also doing different different things and for the brand um uh Oh, you know, I, I remember working for a number of different large corporations. You know, I don't know if we can name drop here, but you know, whatever you um, want. <laughs> so, you know, with the likes of mobile in the telecommunications industry, um, you know, Vodafone and um, Carphone Warehouse, Argos, Homebase, things like that, where they are very, very unique um, sectors and. Um, and they are utilizing digital transformations and doing really, really cool stuff. So um, you get to kind of innovate and try new things and see how that that works within the bigger picture. And um, things like, for example, Vodafone, like they they there was an there was a scenario where they wanted to branch out under a different brand, and I was fortunate enough to be there at the time and help them figure out um what they should do before going down the voxy route so um interesting so yeah it, you get to do cool things like that so in a scenario like that for instance like how um what was your role in the company and how were you like able to kind of work through it was very very early doors and i and i happened to be um there when they when they wanted to experiment down different avenues of innovation so my job was to kind of validate which one was viable and we did some user testing with a small group of people to figure out if this was going to be 
you know, worth their time and money and right. investment. And it, the, some of the, it was very, very um, quick. And it was, there was a lot of guerrilla testing, a lot of um, uh, fast feedback, but all in all, the feedback that they, that we got, it, man, it managed them to give them the thumbs up to say, yes, this is viable. And also like how to take things forward. So it sounds like you also, um have had experience like working in large companies and in startups and this was kind of maybe it was a startup then or it was like a branch of a larger company Mm. um that you're kind of working in what advice do you have for other designers that are trying to decide like do they want to go startup route do they want to go big company route yeah that that, that's that I've, i've had a couple of those scenarios recently um it depends on where they are and where they want to go. So, for example, if they're trying to get their, uh, if if, for, if someone is trying to become a designer or is a designer and is trying to get into the industry, it's always good to know where they want to go, but don't let that hold you back. You might, you know, there's never one route to get there. You might need to hop, skip, and jump a couple of different um, jobs to gain experience before you're ready for that perfect role at this um, cool tech startup that is your dream job ultimately that shouldn't stop you from going straight there you know Um, but as long as you know what you want if and and design today is such a wide variety in terms of a wide spectrum of jobs so you can have UX, you can have UI, you can have product, you know, that, that's another debate what you call yourself, but yes. there's, so many diff- <laughs> there's so many different strings. And then let's just take one string, for example, let's take UX. You have so many different levels in that you have UX designer, UX researcher, you know, there's in, if you're a UI designer, are you just print? Are you brand? Are you digital are you all of those and there's know what you want to do and you won't necessarily know the answer to that until you try it right so so don't box yourself go and try as many things as you like and as soon as you know what um you enjoy follow it and then it for me i i i've I've said that since day one i've never boxed myself and to this day it's i approach everything like it's a toolbox mentality. So I have a number of tools and a number of skills, whether I don't need to use every single one to get the job done, depends on the job that is in front of me. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's like your toolbox. So depending on what you're thrown into, what kind of project you have, that's where you decide which tools you're going to need. Yeah, I, I, I I can be a UX designer and a UI designer and a brand designer. I've done all of that stuff, but I don't necessarily need to do it on every single project. (laughs) I can, I can code, but I don't need to code on every single project. If the opportunity is there and I need, and I'm needed to, and and if it helps, then yeah, I'll, you know, I'll dust the the old hat off and start coding. But, um, and it, and it goes for other things as well. Management, leading teams, coaching, um, and 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 everything else no i i think that that makes a lot of sense i really like not boxing yourself in and using your toolbox (laughs) um where so in your career as you've kind of like shifted into different you said you did some agencies um you've done a little bit of everything yeah how what was that experience of like gaining this knowledge and gaining these toolbox these 
tools in your toolbox? And when did you know, like, that you were ready to be like a mid-level or a senior or a manager? What, what did that kind of look like for you? Whenever you go for a job interview, the typical scenario, the typical question you get asked is where do you see yourself in five years time where do you see yourself in 10 years time it's very very cliche I get it but you want you're not actually paying attention to the answer you want to know if the person has ambitions or not Mm -hmm. Um, and my typical answer would be I want to be you know head of design I want to be you know running a team and I work from a junior level to become head of design i've 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 done that and i've got to where i wanted to go to and not everyone is cut out to be a good design manager or might not enjoy it or um you you know you don't get taught to become a design manager quite often you just in naturally progress and inherit those responsibilities yeah um it's only when you get there then you get sent on these courses on to how to do this and how to manage and how to what's the difference between managing and leading but um and again i i still to this day think that that is another tool that's in the box if i need to manage and lead a team i can um so so yeah i as soon as i got to that point i knew right okay i've got a lot of skills here um i don't need to do every single one of them so uh, let's just go where I enjoy the most and and I can add most value. I like that. So what advice do you have for designers that also have that mindset like you did of like becoming head of design? Like what what would you, or I'm sure you, as a mentor, you've talked to this about this with your mentees is like, how mm. do you tell them of how to get there? what steps they need to take or what they really need to get good at? Because obviously managing is very different from designing yeah, <laughs> um, in yeah. many aspects. So firstly, they need to know what they want to do. So they need to, a lot of the, lot of the time, design, uh, the, the sessions I have is, I don't know what I, I want, right. how to get into design or what right. I want to do. So right, right at the bottom end of the spectrum. So figure out what you want to do. And then once you know what you like doing, work on your craft put the time in don't put the work in and you can then see how far do you want to go before your head hit hits the glass ceiling so um in some industries and in some jobs it's natural to progress to kind of um a director level for example but for design there is it's i speak from experience so i can i can i i know you can uh, you can go to a certain level and to, and then your head hits the glass ceiling in terms of you you can be the the best designer or the most experienced designer in your team you and then you can either choose to carry on doing that or you step back from the design and you manage the rest of the team right. and it's it, it's great because at the, uh, throughout my career that's kind of you know you know that's coming and you know what it's about and you know what to do and but now there's a new term for it it's called design ops that's the new buzz word right so yeah um in you typically tend to find every so often there's a buzzword that gets thrown around and then gets used to death yeah first first it's responsive and then it's (laughs) agile and then it's ux and then until that word becomes dirty and no one knows what it means then 
then there's a new one to come around and um, flat design and all that kind of stuff. So design ops is the new thing, but it's good because it gives a spotlight to an area that you, you that is really important. And it, it and that is essentially what I said earlier. It's everything that you do outside of the design, but that is more of a it's it's what it's what a head of design or a design manager is supposed to do. It's what I like to call you're being the shield for the team. So so the head of the the tip of the spear, the design manager or the most experienced designer in the team, depending on the setup, is there to take is to be the shield for the team so it's they're there to take all the politics all the fluff all the stuff that gets thrown and shield the rest of the design team from all the 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 politics and red tape yeah so they so they can go and do the their job right and and they use that shield to push the boundaries and and move forward and that covers everything from processes to um stakeholder management you know where where are you bringing the most value how design fits into the biggest delivery of things um all that kind of stuff yeah i think i like what you said i think that it's definitely a buzzword and it's also really important and i'm glad that it does have a name now because there definitely is a, an importance to this this role of mm -hmm. kind of managing It's always been there. It's always been there. And you've and you kind of just end up the most senior person just ends up doing it with their job, right? Right. But there, right. But there comes a fine line between doing design, managing a team, and then dealing with the business. And it's too right. much. And right. it's not it's no wonder designers, the higher they get, the more burnout and imposter yeah. syndrome they have to deal with. Right. And it's like it's kind of the shift of the business side of things. It's like mm. your, your design, 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 not that design shouldn't think about the business. Obviously it should, <laughs> I mean, in many aspects, but there gets to a level, if you do want to make this jump and like you said, it, it are, it always existed. Mm. They didn't know it. Ex they didn't have a name for it or that person just kind of took over that role, but it's a lot of additional thinking and it's different parts of your brain and it's yeah managing people and it's communicating to stakeholders and it's knowing the business side of the company which I, is a I, lot for someone to like I don't know how to raise a PO and then and get and put an invoice <laughs> together I just I, I design stuff right <laughs> right so exactly it's, it's it's all that stuff like yeah you know, uh, regular one-to-one -one meetings and uh right. you know performance reviews and right. all that all that fun stuff <laughs> all the fun stuff yes <laughs> yeah Um, I also liked what you said about there's kind of this glass ceiling. It's like, do you want to like continue to hone in on maybe one specific skill set or do you want to kind of like move to this management lead type of mm. position? Um, what it what have you done? It sounds like you've done a little bit of everything, but maybe what do you enjoy the most? Is it kind of being that design ops or is it being more of a honing your skills expert? I love designing. I think I uh, I mean for me as a I'm a designer at heart. I like being yeah. creative. I know that's where I can add most value. And um but I've always been in a position where I've been with a team and been a great influencer within the team. So um, helping others naturally just comes second nature. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, I think that's kind of where the natural glass ceiling gets hit. 
Right. And um, but I think it's a it's it's a massive plus point to have because you can help support team members without being the manager. But Right. um, and um, and and just being a a a, a beacon of um. influence or knowledge where some of the other junior members or people who are a lot more can still be confident but need a second opinion can come to Yeah, I think that's a really powerful place to be. Um, and I kind of, I think what you're saying makes sense is like, you're a designer, you love designing, you always want to be able to design, like you don't want to necessarily have to deal with all the management stuff, you like the design, but you also love mentoring and helping and being that second opinion. And I think that's an amazing role to have where it's like, you're senior and you want to help these designers and you want them to be able to come to you. But it's not like you have to fill out a performance review for them. It's like you're really there to Yes. just support them. Well, well, I do, I do manage some of the t team members as well. So it, there is a little bit of the performance reviews there. Okay, I think that, okay. that I think you have to take a little bit of that to the, uh, regardless. But um, that's where things like ADP list come in handy because, you know, it's it's all of that stuff without the paperwork. You just Yes. you're giving back to the design community just via experience and answering questions and stories. Yes, totally. I agree. I, I love that aspect of it as well. Um, yeah, no, this is, that was super interesting. So, so where, what are you doing now? Or what have you, I guess kind of where we left off is you were doing all these different things. You had all these roles, you've done a little bit of everything. So like where, From there to maybe where you are today, what was that transition and what have you done? so I always set myself goals yearly goals new year goals what this year I want to try and do this and position myself in a, a little bit better and um one of my goals one of my passions was to start mentoring and uh you know as well as you know market um you know, feature on podcasts and kind of do a stand-up talk, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's nat it's natural to kind of want to do that. And I think now more than ever, especially since there's so many different podcasts out there, you know, a lot more people want to feature. But for me, my reasons is I want to give back to the design community. That's that's one of my passions that I, I feel good about. So um, I think it was during lockdown, Or, or when we were just coming out of lockdown, um, one I, I said, right, you know, I want to sign up to one of these platforms where I can give back. And it just so happens ADP List was around. I signed up. Um, I've only been there for, I'd say, around about nine, ten months. Okay. So it's not relatively long, but I've already clocked up like, you know, just just shy of a thousand minutes and, Wow. you know, 30, 40 sessions of people coming from all walks of life, all different levels, all around the world, asking questions. And I think out of all the sessions I've had, about four or five of those pe people have gone on to then get the job that they wanted or get Wow. their goal that they want to just from like one or two sessions. And it was very apparent very quickly that, you know, just by giving people advice, Your own experience and and knowledge, you know, it can't be taken for granted because that's someone else's goal dust trying to get into the industry. And it's just a simple um, conversation or a simple uh, 
couple of instructions to get or, or do this do that it'll make you better or yeah. change this word on your portfolio and and mm -hmm. things like that and that helps massively because it's insider knowledge and um and yeah it all helps i think so the i there's a fine line between you know a free 30 minute coaching session and a full-on consultation so um i'm quite firm in drawing the line there yeah no totally i think i think a lot of people it's like it's probably like they know the answer they know what they should be thinking about but maybe they're like stuck in their head and so it's just so good just to have someone and like adp list is a great resource just to reach out and say hey yeah. like you're a designer you've been in this like this is something that I'm struggling with. Like, what do you think? And just getting that second opinion from someone, it's like unlock something in their head. And I yeah, think that's really great that you can see that progression and you can see them kind of be able to achieve that goal or go to the next step. Um, For sure. For sure. It's just a little bit of help and giving back to, to like our younger selves, like, Oh, what yeah, would it have been like to have something like this? And yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, okay, so where are you today? What are you? Um, what is your current? We mentioned it. Um, you're yep. currently working at Williams Commerce. What is what is that like? What are you doing there for them? Yep. So currently working for Williams Commerce and Untitled, which is kind of a sub brand of Williams Commerce, who specialize in websites mostly so um covering websites from you know large scale e-commerce websites to the arts and culture sector mm. and um yeah just really enjoying it got a small design uh team there so um between us we cover everything and every project is a different challenge you know so it's not um ever simple or straightforward right. and and we get to do things a bit more properly and a bit more thoroughly so really get to hone our ux processes and refine some of the designs and how we deliver them and um and at the same time you know mentor some of the other junior design team members at the time um yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's really good yeah and i i like that you're at I think that's awesome that you're at a place where you can really dive deep and they appreciate the UX side of things. Cause hmm. um, I'm sure in your career, especially working with different startups, like you said, like sometimes that's not a tool that your customers want to have. Um, and I think as designers, we're always like, it would be so good. So nice to be able to do more research. So that's great. Yeah. That yeah. It's, it, 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 it's, um, it's, it's a mixed bag because a lot of people say UX, but they don't actually know what it means or it means different <laughs> things in different sectors. True. So for this particular one, uh, or uh, in this particular instance, um, the processes are, the, are essentially the same, but they may alter depending on the project. But it's more so we get to deep dive into someone's sector and know exactly which way the wind is blowing for example what they want to achieve out of this project because everyone wants a kick-ass website that makes them yeah. loads of money but yeah. you know how do we do that and most importantly this website it is for you but it's for your users so who are your users what is your current one doing well what are is not doing well and and yeah. what are some of the pitfalls that we need to navigate around and so on and so forth and you get to do that in a way which is um rewarding that's great do you 
do you feel like your customers, your clients that you're building these sites for, they, when you tell them the value of like understanding their users, do you think they get it? Or is there some, yeah. okay, yeah, that's for great. Sure, for sure, for sure. So uh, it, it's always, I mean, the whole UX discovery or, or UX is basically aligning business objectives with what the user needs within the budget of the project. So it's it's almost like an advanced version of that Venn diagram of time, money, yes, quality, time, <laughs> money, quality. Right. So you can have two pick pick one. So right. it's almost, but with for this, it's aligning all all three. How can we give? How can we get you guys what you want by giving the users what they need? within the budget that we have. Right. It's like a, an equation you have to like solve for X. Yeah. 100, 100, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? Um, yeah. No, that's, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for, for kind of walking me through like overall your career. I think there were some really interesting tidbits that people would learn from this. Um, I guess one of my last questions for you is like, which you already were like, this is so cliche, but like, where do you see yourself going? Like, where do you want to go in the next few years? Uh -oh. What is your, where's your design the, career going to take the, you? The dreaded interview <laughs> question. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm in a position where I'm enjoying myself. Uh, yeah. design is changing yes. massively the rate at which design is changing is it's it's really picked up and has picked up more so since covid as well so um uh -huh. you know there was a boom in like um people wanting to get online for example and things like there there's so much to pl to play at, and at stake so you have ar and vr that is now thrown into the mix you have you know right. tiktok and uh you know so much so many other things going on where technology is getting more and more advanced. So right. as long as I'm still in the sector, as long as I'm still being creative, I don't mind where I go. Um, I'm just enjoying the ride. I think that's all said. It's like, there's so, we have no idea what's going to happen. I think all of yeah. us designers are like, wow, like so much is changing. It's really hard. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting. I've done been doing this podcast for about, I guess, almost a year now. And mm more recently when I kind of am like where do you see yourself going people are like I have no idea just because it's yeah. you've seen that shift of yeah. like technology design and everyone's people, like I can't even guess you can't you, ca you can't guess where you want to go because things are just moving and changing direction so much right um but when I think back to when I was wanting to become a designer the things that really influenced me as a designer you know movies like um minority report or back to the future or even recently like swan song and all these other ones where they're movies based on the future and as cool as they are being a being a geeky designer i look at things like the interfaces how are they interacting yeah. and what's some of the technology they're using minority report you know the gloves and the glass um you know interfaces was just like mind-blowing yeah. and you have you know things like you know eye watches and all sorts of stuff so there's there's a there's and black panther recently was an, a good one because the technology in that it was just holograms coming up and yeah. things like that you just think that is where things are gonna go and and i i can see it happening it's just a matter of time because you already kind of get like holographic keyboards and stuff right the way you right. can just tap 
infrared keyboards and whatnot. So it's only a matter of time. Someone's going to figure it out. And as soon as that happens, you know, we'll be designing, you know, um, weird Right. stuff. Well, look, Google Glasses as well. Yeah. But that's it's where that that's where all the cool innovation happens. And I can't wait because we we as designers are going to have to design with that in mind as well. Totally. Yeah. I love that. It's like AI, what does design look like for A? What does design look like for holograms? What does design Yeah. look like for Now, well, there's so many industries right now that are utilizing AR. So, for example, furniture places where you want to buy a lamp or a sofa, you just pull up your camera and you can see what it looks like in your living Exactly. room, right? Yes. So that is a, a good example of, you know, wow, that's technology taking a leap step. You don't need to go to the shop Right. and try and picture it or you don't need to print that off and try and put it in your living room and kind of imagine if it fits <laughs> no it's there in in yeah on your screen so yeah it just goes to show the massive jump from where it was to where it is now but the rate that where it's changed recently has just been wow so yeah just sit back and enjoy the ride and, and uh see let's see where it goes yes I love it I love it I think it's exciting I think there's a lot of great challenges I think it's also like how can we build for making this accessible to everyone, right? Because like you said, like everyone wants to be able to put the chair in their living room. That's not like a specific like person that knows technology. It's like your Yeah. grandma should be able to do it. So that's also Yes. a super interesting challenge Yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what happens. Um, well, awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It was really great to hear your story, where you came from. Um, advice you have for designers kind of getting started or kind of trying to advance their career. So um, yeah, thanks so much for joining me. <